you'd like to be a part of Transfer Tea, fill out our submissions form, find the link in the description or on any of our social platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to Transfer Tea. This week I'm here with Alyssa and we're going to be talking through her journey and what led her to USC and what she's done even kind of in her short tenure at USC. But I will, I'll let her introduce herself and her major and things like that and we'll get started. Well, thank you, Ariana. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa De La Rosa. I am a psychology undergraduate student at the University of Southern California. Before USC, I graduated from College of the Canyons, where I earned my associate's degree in psychology. So, and then I transferred to USC. So I'm in my third year at USC and I should be graduating next year with my bachelor's in psychology. That's so cool. I have, I think there's someone in my cohort who's from College of the Canyons. I'm not sure, but I, I know I've heard that name before. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a big uh, <laughs> Oh, is it? So I'm curious to know what led you there, like what experiences in high school sort of got you to kind of enroll at College of the Canyons and, and what, what, what was that experience like? Like what, was it something you were looking forward to? I know for a lot of people, it's something that they are end up doing last minute. So I'd love to hear what led you to enroll there. Right. So I'm going to get a little personal here. Um, I basically didn't have a choice as I actually was a victim of childhood abuse and neglect. So my education was bare minimum at best. I basically had to teach myself algebra. Basically, I never attended a public school. I never attended a public high school. I taught myself math all the way up to algebra. I taught, I basically was stuck reading books, reading Shakespeare, reading literature at that from a young age, because uh, that's all my, uh, my abuser would let me read was just, you know, Shakespeare and, and old literature and all that. Um, I didn't really have contact with the outside world. Yeah, it was kind of one of those situations. So by the time I broke free from my abuser, I was 15, almost 16. And by then I, I was like, no, like it's too late, you know, to transfer to public school. And since I've never been to a school in my entire life, you know, I'm going to like be way behind and wait, like, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So uh, I continued to just homeschool myself. Um, I graduated, I did receive a diploma because I did complete the satisfactory coursework. And again, you know, cause, cause of that, cause of that experience, I felt like I didn't have a choice. No university would accept me and my very poor grades. Um, cause as you can imagine, teaching yourself <laughs> everything, it's not easy. So my grades were very, very poor were very bad. So I enrolled at my local community college called of the canyons. And uh, wow, that was my first ever like actual school experience in all of my 18 years of life. Oh wow. Totally failed. All of my first assignments failed. First exams. I still remember it was English, stats, uh, sociology, and psychology. My sociology, actually, I did very well in, uh, as you can imagine, given my, given my background. My professor really liked my insights. <laughs> and for my English, I, I was doing well at first. But yeah, my English professor said, wow, you clearly don't even know how to write an essay. You should, she basically told me to drop the course. She said, like, you're so behind in writing. You don't know how to write an essay. Just drop. She's like, you, you're going to fail this course. And that was, that was hard, getting that feedback and getting those first assignments and essays and exams back. 
but then I realized, okay, I made it this far, right? Uh, again, you know, I was a victim of abuse and neglect. I taught myself everything. I got my diploma. And if I could do that, then I could get through these courses. I could get through these four courses. So COC, like most community college, or as most community colleges should, has an abundance of resources to help students because, again, they recognize that there could be students like myself that come from abuse and neglectful situations. There could be students that come from financial insecurity, home homelessness, like you, you name it. Uh, they have an abundance of resources there to help students, and that's what the community college should be for, to serve, serve the students uh, with the community, serve the community. So I got free tutoring help because COC has this amazing big, they call it the TLC. So it's the, it's the tutoring, the tutoring center. It's this huge building, completely free. Uh, you just, there's computers, there's an abundance of tutors there, wonderful tutors that work with you and help you. So I got help for my English, for stats. I just went to my professor's office hours and just uh, clarified some things for her, uh, from her. And psychology, I honestly, I just really studied hard. Like I remember just taking my psych textbook and just reading and annotating like every page because uh, there wasn't really much help or tutoring for psychology and and psychology uh, itself is a subject that really requires critical thinking and abstract thought uh, which again given, given my background I, I definitely had that so I just really honed in on that skill that was already in me for for psych and I ended up doing well in all of my classes. I got a B in my English. My professor was shocked. She was like, wait, like, what's going on here? Like, I was ready to fail you. <laughs> like, what? I uh, got a B in my stats. I got an A in my psych class and A in my sociology. So I finished my first semester without a single C. And I was ecstatic. Like, I was like, this is all I wanted for Christmas. This is, this is amazing. This is awesome. And at that time, that's when I realized, okay, I need to be... I'm doing well in school, I'm doing well in my subjects, but if I really want to succeed and develop my skills, I should join some clubs here in organizations. So I joined Psych Club and Psi Beta Honor Society because I'm a psych major and, and that's where I got to meet other psych majors taking other psych classes and that club was really a great tool to like share ideas and network. Like, oh yeah, I'm taking, you know, this subject with so-and-so, I'm taking this class with so-and-so, what class are you? So we shared class ideas and such and then at the end of the semester, we had the opportunity to go to the Western Psychological Association Conference in Pasadena. Dr. Philip Zimbardo, the dude from the Stanford Prison Experiment. <laughs> you, I'm sure you know him, Ari. <laughs> you, we all know who he is. They talk about him at Stanford, I'm sure. <laughs> they talked about him in my um, like sophomore year psych class as like the what not to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, he'll, he'll joke about it at the conference. He was like, yeah, I was evil. Like, <laughs> straight up just saying, <laughs> I went from being Dr. Evil to Dr. Superhero or whatever. Like, he has books on it and stuff, like, about heroism and, and the psychology of evil. He's a really great guy. I remember we, we were on the dance floor because they had, like, a mini dance at WPA, and he was, like, on the floor, just like, yeah, this is great, turn up. <laughs> That's so funny. That's a really cool opportunity, though, to get to yeah. go. And it was amazing. Because, yeah. um, again, like, this is community college, right? And this is coming from a girl who never really had any academ academia or academic uh, experience. And this is all happening my first year at my community college. Like, all wow. this is happening my first year. And I'm like, wow, this is so incredible. And I actually took on the role as treasurer of the club, too. So I was advancing from a member to a leader in the club. So that, that was really cool. And then towards the end of the semester, all of the officers were 
graduating, they were leaving for their respective schools, and no one wanted to take on the role of president. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> uh, I did have experience working part-time in fast food. I did have some experience training employees, so I did have some leadership experience. And honestly, I've been taking initiative my whole life, right? And, and that's what leadership is. Leadership is taking that initiative. Sure, you may have like doubts, hesitations, worries, and that's all, all normal. But taking that initiative is acknowledging that, but saying, I'm going to go for it anyways. I'm not going to wait for these doubts and hesitations to be resolved. I'm not going to wait for anyone to reach out to me and, and hold my hand. I'm going to take the initiative and go for it. So I took that initiative and I ran the club uh, my second year. And this would be my, my last year because I was determined. I was like, I'm going to graduate and transfer in two years. And then I'm going to spend two years at whatever my transfer institution is. And, and that's it. And then maybe I'll go to grad school. I, I don't know. But I was just dead set on getting my bachelor's in four years. So I was on a, I was on a four-year plan. So my second year was really where my leadership developed. I ran Psych Club. I was invited to the National Society of Leadership and Success. I became an officer in Gamma Beta Phi Honor Society. I joined the PLACE Project, which was ac actually faculty-led. So I really got to know the faculty of my community college because a lot of students, you know, they'll they'll take classes at their community college and then and then they'll leave or or you know they're working full time part time whatever and so so they're working uh, their jobs and and all that and they have other things going on uh, in their life and uh, I had that privilege where again you know at this point I was free from my abuser and uh, I was living with my parent who supported me and loved me and had my back a hundred and ten percent. And because of that, I was able to really talk to my professors, get to know them. And through all of these leadership positions in these different clubs, there was always a faculty advisor in the club and I would talk to them, get to know them. And that's how I got on like a faculty steering committee. I actually wanted to ask you a quick question in, as I was listening. And it was just that, I mean, firstly, thank you for being so open and, and willing to be vulnerable and share. That is amazing and not easy to do over over a zoom interview uh, but to to kind of that and also like dealing with dealing with kind of people telling you like a professor saying oh oh i don't see you succeeding in this class and all of this sort of obstacles that come in the way i know it's always like when we reflect back we're like oh i did this and i did this i'm just curious to know like what what you sort of tell yourself or how you motivate yourself to to sort of keep keep going and like it what sort what you would share with others who maybe are facing similar situations where they are like do have obstacles in their way that many people would then just be like oh okay I'm going to fail this class then I'll just drop it I, I just think that's an amazing like mental ability how are you able to, to do that yeah so um I actually talked with this uh about my therapist because I had never heard this word before until my therapist brought it up and it's a shame because this is a word that we all need to be hearing on a daily basis this is a word that should be ingrained in all of our minds and that we need to know the definition of. And the word is called resilience, right? When, when's the last time you heard that word resilience? Either you've never heard of it or you've heard of it a few times. And we need to hear more of it. We need, we need to hear the word resilience uh, and understand that resilience is something we all have in us. It's how you're able to keep going, you're able to finish that exam, finish uh, that homework assignment, uh, you're able to get up out of bed in the morning even though <laughs> you really don't want to because you're resilient to your own feelings of, you know, I just want to stay in bed or, you know, I, I don't feel like doing that today. 
So we, we all have this, this resilience in us. And uh, my, my resilience was, even though I had such a difficult background, even though I had a lot of obstacles in my way, what I did is I had the goal. So having a goal is really, really important. And it doesn't have to be this clear cut goal or anything or, or this perfect goal. But in order to really uh, channel your resilience and, and be great with resilience, you need to have some sort of goal, whether it be, oh, my, you know, I'm going to get up because my goal is to have coffee and I can't have coffee on, unless I, I get up. <laughs> and uh, for me, my goal is, okay, I'm going to get my bachelor's in psychology and I wanna get my bachelor's in a four year timeline. And that's my goal. And so every time an obstacle would come up and when my, such as my professor saying that I was basically going to fail her <laughs> English class, I had that goal in my head and you need to visualize it as well. It's not enough to say or write down. You actually need to see yourself uh, on stage with your chancellor handing you your diploma in four years, right? So I was 18 at the time. And so I was thinking, okay, when I'm 22, you know, and I, I would picture a 22 year old me on stage with my college chancellor handing me my degree. So you need to have that goal. You need to visualize that goal. And whenever an obstacle comes up, you'll have that goal and you'll have that goal visualized and you'll go, okay, you know, it's just an obstacle. So I can figure out a way through it. And it's hard, it's not easy, but I can figure out a way through it because I want to reach my goal or I can at least exhaust everything and exhaust all my options and know in my heart that I literally did everything I could to overcome this obstacle. And if you can't overcome it, then yeah, you know, change, change the goal a bit. Maybe instead of four years, it's five years or, or six years, but you only modify your goal if you've exhausted every available option that you have to you. So having that uh, mental representation in my head is what honestly got, got me through those obstacles and keeps, you know, continues to get me through those obstacles. Like this semester has not been easy at all. I know we were talking about this earlier about how it's just uh, really condensed and, and challenging but it's keeping, keeping that goal in my head of, okay, next year I'm 22 and I'm seeing myself getting uh, my degree at USC and I'm just going to, you know, push through these obstacles. That is incredible. I think people have a, a lot of people do like what you said, which is just to think of the goal or even maybe write it down, but, but to really create something in your mind or manifest it, if you will. Um, I love the use of that word, but it, I think it, that is just so powerful. And it's something that I do and I could not have put it into words the way you did. So I'm really glad that you were able to articulate that. But I used to not do that. I used to really just think, oh, I'm going to go to college somewhere. That's not a goal. Yeah. Like that, that was just a fleeting thought. And it was a, everyone else is doing it. I guess I'm going to do it. And there's no real motivation behind that. Because when you hit an obstacle, then you think, okay, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll just do something else. But still, you, you could have you could have made that a goal, even if you weren't sure where you're going. And how you could have done that is you could have been, oh, like, you're not going to say I think or I want to. You're going to say I know. So when you're making a goal, you have to be confident and all the way confident. When you're making a goal, you can't just say, I think this or maybe that. It has to be I am on this day or da, da, like you, you have to declare it. You, you declare your goal. So you could have said, I know that I'm going to college. I'm not sure where, but that's irrelevant to my goal. My goal is I am going to college and that's my goal and everything else is just irrelevant. 
So that's, I just, you, you really put stuff into words so much better than I can. <laughs> um, I, bad. I feel like I'm so bad with articulating myself sometimes. So thank you. <laughs> I think now, like I want to like redirect us. Mm-hmm. I, I know you were like, you were really talking through it. Well, um, I'd love to hear, as like you were saying, like you, you had this plan of getting, coming out in two years. So it would have mm-hmm. been fall 2019. Yeah, fall 2019 was when my leadership was really taking off. I was president of Psych Club. I was going to some meetings with ASG. I was in the NSLS, National Society of Leadership and Success. I was an officer in Gamma Beta Phi. I was a member of Phi Theta Kappa. Uh, So I was really developing my leadership. And then, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was working with faculty and I really developed and built relationships with faculty on civic engagement. This, This one faculty member literally created her own position in the college, the civic engagement department. Like she went to our chancellor. She said, hey, we got to bring civic engagement to College of the Canyons. The chancellor said, you're right, do it. And she created her own department, everything. And so I had the privilege and great honor of working with this faculty member that is so amazing that she literally designed and created her whole department within COC. And I worked uh, pretty close with her. And we still keep in contact to this day. Actually, last night I spoke at the National Society of Leadership and Success, their induction ceremony at COC. So I spoke at that because we still have a relationship and I still keep in touch with everyone from my community college. And then spring 2020, (laughs) you know why I'm laughing. So that was supposed to be, so fall 2019 was really when my leadership was developing and growing. Um, And obviously, yeah, I was doing, you know, well in all of my classes and, and all that. But spring 2020 was really when I was going to put it into more action. I've, I had already been serving as a leader in fall 2019. Um, our community did have several tragedies in 2019. We had the Saugus High School shooting. We had fires. One almost took my house down, but <laughs> it's, it's still standing. It's, it's still standing. But yeah, uh, that, that was all fall, fall 2019. And uh, through those tragedies, that's when I got my various teams together from my clubs and I was like okay like we really got to give back here we really got to serve our community here in spring 2020 uh it was going to be more tailored and specific I was selected as a student fellow through again the the faculty member that I worked with that created her own department all that she was like oh yeah you know you, you should be our fellow for the California campus compact and what you do is you select an issue of your choice that's affecting your school and and your community and you just run with it. It's a totally independent project. And so at the time, our, our committee, my, my committee with the, with the faculty, we were focusing on housing insecurity in the Santa Clarita Valley. And uh, that's when I thought, okay, how about I make this more specific to College of the Canyon students facing housing insecurity? And so I talked to the manager of our food pantry, because our college does have a food pantry, and I talked to various other students, and through them, I learned that, yes, even though, like most community colleges, we have such an abundance of resources to help students, students don't know about these resources, or they don't know how to communicate their needs effectively to these resources and to these departments, and, and worst of all, there's, there's a lot of stigma, so they're held back by stigma, and they don't even recognize the situation that they're in. They just think that, oh, that won't apply to me, or no one can help me. So after learning all of that, that's when I thought, okay, I know what I'm going to do for my project. Our college needs a a student advocate program. So there's student ambassadors, right? Students that show you around campus and all that, and 
they'll give you contact information of clubs and departments. But with this program, I wanted it to be deeper. I want it to be advocacy, like, uh, like the student would go to bat for the student. Uh, the student would follow up and say, hey, you know, you, you reached out to me about this. Did you talk to financial aid? Did you get what you needed? If you did not get what you needed, uh, I will go to financial aid on your behalf and I will talk to financial aid on your behalf. Like I, I will make sure you get the appropriate help that you need. So the program is still in the works. Uh, COVID really threw everything off. But luckily, because again, I, I'm even though I'm at USC now, I'm still involved at my community college. And so I'm meeting with the, the new group of students that's taking over the project and we're, we're all working on it together. Uh, we just had a very successful meeting yesterday where it looks like we're going to keep moving forward with it and we're going to get an MSW or other mental health professional in the community to train um, our student advocates and create an action team with, with our student advocates so they can really go above and beyond with our students. So that, that was spring 2020. And uh, you're probably going to ask, you're probably wondering, uh, how did I end up at USC? <laughs> yes, of course. Like, I was just wondering sort of what led you to USC? Did you apply to other schools? What was that whole process like? Uh, I, I guess it would have maybe started in the fall and got, like happened alongside all of that leadership. Um, so if you could touch on that a little bit, that'd be amazing. Right. So going back to fall 2019, then again, uh, at the time, especially with my educational background and, and early failures in education, I, I didn't know really where I was going to transfer to. I just thought, okay, like, where is the nearest school with like the highest acceptance rate? Because I'm going to need that high acceptance rate. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. here. And again, through psychology club, I was able to talk with students in the spring of 2019. So before, tw 20, before fall 2019, spring 2019, about classes they took in the psychology department. And they said, you really should take psychology as a major in profession. Like you need to take that. You have to take that. And it's a, it's a very unique course that you don't find in probably any university and in most community colleges. It's very unique to College of the Canyons. And so I thought, okay, sure, I'll take that course. So in fall 2019, that was one of the courses I took. And uh, I remember my professor and I having a conversation about where I was going to apply because the course was all about the transfer process and the grad school process and different career fields in psychology. So it was kind of like a workshop that you got credit for. So it was super cool and amazing. And this professor really challenged me. She's like, you know, you do have a lot of doors open to you and you really should start thinking about a wide variety of universities you can apply to. And then again, because, because of Psych Club, I was still in contact with the students that graduated and they were now at UCLA or USC or, or Cal State Northridge and they were giving me advice too. And I thought, you know, yeah, like if, if they can do it, I can do it. That's when uh, my ambition really started to rise. And I thought, you know, like I'm, I'm going to shoot for schools like, uh, like UCLA and, and UC Berkeley. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And I always, it's going to sound so bad, but I always loved UCLA. <laughs> UCLA <laughs> was always my dream school. I never in a million years considered USC. To, to be quite frank, I, I didn't have any desire to go to USC at all. It was always UCLA, UCLA. So I remember I was finishing my huge UC application. Oof, man, so glad that's over. And <laughs> I was finishing it right when uh, the Saugus High shooting happened and the fires. Uh, so that, again, that was resilience. And, and that's when I got creative and thought, you know what? I, for my personal statements, I'm just going to write about what's happening now. You know, the shooting and 
and the fires. So that's what I did. I, I just wrote about that because I couldn't focus on anything else. But also I had enough resilience to realize that I needed to get the application in. But also at the same time, I could be mindful and aware of what, what was happening around me. So over, over winter break, uh, winter break was like December to January, uh, USC just kind of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, it just kept popping in my head, uh, especially considering that I had some friends from Psych Club that got into USC, but they decided not to go for various reasons, but it just kept popping in my head. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, what, what the hey. So I looked into the psychology department at USC and I was really blown away. I was like, whoa, this, this looks like a really student-centered, student-tailored program. The class sizes are really small and uh, they have like an honors program and an honors club and this and that. And I'm like, this is really cool. And this, this looks more tailored than the new CLA or, or another, you know, UC school. So I said, you know what, uh, I'm just gonna, it's winter break, I got nothing else to do. I'm just gonna apply. So I applied, uh, really last minute, over winter break, last minute decision. But I still had my heart set on UCLA or, or you know, somewhere else. I still, but at this point, it wasn't because of, I didn't like USC or I didn't prefer USC. It was because I just didn't expect to get into USC. I just thought there's no way I'm getting in. There's absolutely no way I'm getting in. And this was confirmed when I got waitlisted to UCLA. I thought, great, if UCLA waitlisted me, USC is definitely like, just no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting in. But I got in. And I remember that day. It was like toward end of May, and I got the email from them. And and at that point, I had already gotten into several several good schools and several schools that I was, you know, trying to decide between. But it was weird. Like as soon as I got that acceptance letter from USC, that's when it hit me. I was like, this is this is it. Like this is this is my school. This is where I'm going. So that's that's when my USC journey began. So amazing, and to to believe in yourself enough to just apply, regardless of like the trust that you would get in. I think that's so amazing. And actually, two of my friends who go to USC now was very much the same. It was like a never in a million years will I go here, but I, I'll apply. And I just think that that should I hopefully speaks to others who are listening that like it doesn't really matter. Like the acceptance rate can be higher somewhere than somewhere else. But if you are really passionate and I feel like you can really show that in um, private school essays and in your recommendation letters that you really like would bend, like would contribute to the psychology department at USC and things like that. So I'd also love to know, like now that you have spent a semester at USC, has even though it's been remote, has it been like what you were hoping it would be? I mean, <laughs> pandemic aside, um, <laughs> I would love to hear what that's been like. Yeah. So so yes and no. Um, definitely not what I was hoping. Like I'm gonna be blunt. No, I wanted to be on campus. I wanted to be with people. <laughs> I wanted to be in an actual classroom. So no, the whole remote Zoom thing, total bummer, uh, totally not what I was hoping, what anyone was hoping for, but I was able to get involved in a lot. Um, I'm currently working on an independent research project with a faculty mentor in the psychology department, and I got accepted into USC's psychology honors program, where I'm going to be writing a proposal and then an honors thesis uh, next year. I'm also a virtual tour leader for Tommy's Tours, so it's where we give kids elementary to middle school age tours of USC, even though I have never taken a class on the campus. And, and that's why I liked it, because they train you, right? They train you in the different buildings and different areas around the USC campus. So I felt like even though I didn't get to go to campus this semester, I was experiencing it. And now I would be able to give like that experience to kids. So that's totally awesome. That's really cool. I also founded the Human Trafficking Awareness Club. We're in the process of becoming an RSO at USC because out of there's a lot of issues right in our world but human trafficking is definitely one of them that that hits close to my heart because it just 
fills me with such fury that there's people, millions of people being held against their will and, and being forced into labor or sex trafficking. And it's just, it's just such a great, great evil and violation of, of human rights. So I, I started a club on that. And then I have some other transfer students that started their own clubs too. So I'm also in the wrongful evictions club. And I'm also a writing mentor for USC's Neighborhood Academic Initiative. So I get to give back to high school seniors through the college. They're starting their college process. They're writing their personal statements. I'm able to help them with that. I'm able to help them with their apps. So I just got done uh, helping my last student this week because the deadline for the apps and everything is at the end of this month. And, and that, was, that was really amazing. So yeah, even though it's been remote, I've still been involved in a lot and I've still met a lot of people and work with a lot of people, so. That's, I can't even begin to imagine what you'll do when you're in person that it's amazing to take so much initiative while being remote and it's really inspirational also like to think that you can still do all of these things even though you're not in the situation you hope that you were in I'm sure they all tie into your goals and underlying sort of passions as well which is amazing I guess as we begin to wrap this up while I could ask you many questions about the many amazing things you do I think I'll just let you sort of pick what it is that you would like to share with others who are listening, maybe others who are in difficult situations, or maybe those who don't think that they, who are doing what you did, which is like to just look for the school with the largest acceptance rate. Like what, what would you say to, to, to those students who might be listening? Yeah, so I'll wrap this up. I guess I'll touch on what I talked about earlier regarding goals. Please, please have a goal. It doesn't have to be this perfect, clear-cut, specific goal. I know that sometimes you'll hear, you'll hear the term SMART goals where um, professors or whatever encourage you to make those. You don't have to make a SMART goal, okay? Like, it's fine. You, you don't have to have a goal like that. Just, just have something. Have something like, a, oh, by the end of next month, by the end of this year, I, I want to get, I don't know, B's in all my classes, A's, or I want to join this club. I want to become an officer of this club in this month. I don't know, just, just anything. A goal can be literally anything. You want to be please make that goal please visualize that goal so actually see yourself in that position or with that grade or in that school uh, within that certain time like you actually see yourself a month older you see yourself a year two years older you visualize it because with that goal that's when the resilience again the resilience that is inside every one of us can really be channeled and really be used is by visualizing that goal and that's when your natural resilience can can be channeled, especially when times get really rough, like now. Uh, honestly, anyone that's in school right now is using all of their resilience. And then another thing I want to talk about is privilege. So there's a lot wrong, there's a lot right, but there's a lot wrong with the college process. And it definitely is set up in favor of those with privilege. Like I'm going to acknowledge my privilege here that yes, even though I came from such a horrible, nightmarish background, uh, in the end, when it when it mattered most during my college years, I was able to uh, escape to you know a supportive you know financially supportive and also you know other supportive parent that you know that loves me and, and pours into me and and believes in me. So so I had that privilege to to have that time to talk to professors, to have that time to work on projects and assignments and all that. And I understand that you know there's a lot of students that do not have that privilege. Again, you know with my work with USC's. Uh, neighborhood academic initiative. Uh, I work with low-income students, and and that's where you really see how the system is set up uh, against against those who who don't have privilege. And, and it's quite 
infuriating and we, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, we definitely have a lot of work to do. So if you have privilege, be an ally, use your privilege, please volunteer and help students, uh, like I mentioned, a program similar to USC's uh, and NAI, uh, give them advice. I'll also be holding some workshops in the spring at my community college. I'll be holding workshops on the transfer process and the application process. So use your time, talent, and skills for good to give back and, and just, just use your privilege in that way, okay? Don't, don't ever just sit on your privilege, like, you know, make, make it work for others. Make it work for others and work towards change. Speak out against injustice, uh, like I just did. <laughs> like, college is just, it sucks. It's set up in favor toward, towards those with privilege. Definitely is. And then my last thing is just apply. Uh, don't, don't ever think like, oh, I'm just going to apply to this school because they have a high acceptance rate or I could never go to UCLA or, or UC Berkeley. So what, what's the point? You know, if just, just do it, just, just apply. And the worst you get is a no. And the best you get is the opportunity of a lifetime. That's an amazing three piece way to end this. I think like a PSA, honestly, like a very important one. Um, we will make sure to like make it its own little video as well. I think it's important to share that because it's not easy to address that. And I think a lot of people, like you said, I love that phrase, you like just sit on their privilege. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to do that. It's much easier to just keep going through your daily motions, but to take the time to be involved in at least just one thing or do one thing good, even if it's a small thing, is so much more impactful than, than to go on and do nothing. Thank you, honestly, for sharing all of, everything that you shared. It is worth listening to. And if, if, if people have made it this far, they have gotten so much amazing advice and learned so much that I think they deserve. Like if you've made it this far and you've listened, you deserve all of the advice that you got to hear. Because um, <laughs> I, I think that is amazing. So you have an amazing story and such an amazing drive. I think that's just so, I don't, I don't even know if, if you notice it, but like, it's so amazing to like have done so much when so many people, and it is totally okay, but like so many people have just been like, okay, I'm just going to not do anything because the world is a mess. And you were like, oh, I'm going to do stuff because the world is a mess. And I love that. that is yeah, I see how messed up our world is. And especially, you know, like we were talking about earlier about America and uh, how divided we are and, and how people think wearing a mask is a joke and stuff. And that just feels me to just fix her. Like I'm a fixer. I want to fix it. I want to make it better. <laughs> Oh my god, it is insane. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much, honestly, for sharing everything and taking the time out of your very busy schedule um, to be on this podcast the day after finals. It was amazing to have you. But yeah, just honestly, thank you so much um, for having done this. It was amazing to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was, it's been great uh, just having the opportunity to share my experience. And, you know, if this helps just one person, I'll that's enough. Like, I'll, I'll be forever grateful. This just helps one person. <laughs> well, you have certainly inspired me, so. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Transfer Tea. Check back in next week for a new episode.